Hi, welcome to Dram Talk. I'm Brad. And I'm Daniel. And today we have a very special guest with us. Um, so we've got Joel, the founder and CEO of Lickaloot, um, which, as many of our listeners would know if you've tuned into our most recent episode, um, we did review a tasting pack from Whiskey Loot. Um, so it is a subscription service that delivers to your door free hand-selected premium or hard-to-find whiskies. Um, I believe it's a monthly service. And yeah, as I said, we've joined by Joel, the founder and creator. So hey, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, you're able to give us a brief background on yourself, like where you where you came from and how you've kind of joined or merged your love of whiskey with uh, this new subscription service? Absolutely. Um, so my background uh, is, is not in uh, hospitality. Um, I'm actually from an advertising and marketing background and, and was always kind of interested in, in the startup and tech space um, coming from, from, you know, more of an advertising and creative uh, realm where I was managing clients and campaigns. Uh, from a digital perspective, I kind of used those skills and had an agency and, and started to branch out with these with these ideas that I had. Um, and whiskey was a passion of mine. Whiskey was something I was really interested in, but it was also something that I noticed I had a bit of a, a problem. And, and after talking to other people, I also found that others had a similar problem in, in figuring out uh, what it is that they liked without spending a fortune. Um, so that's where I kind of stumbled across the idea of Whiskey Loot and started to, you know, develop the concepts a little bit further and, hey, presto, a lot of people had the problem. Um, so it wasn't just me. <laughs> um, I was just going to ask, so Joel, like, do you have kind of a, I guess, a favourite dram or one that sticks in your mind as what really kind of set your passion for whiskey alight to the point the, that you the, decided yeah. to turn it into a business? The, the one that kind of set my passion alight was... Uh, Kalila 12, um, actually. I remember that quite vividly. Um, but I think my passion and, and my taste profile is, I wouldn't say evolved or changed, but it's, it's opened up different, um, uh, different periods of time where I, I like a whiskey, you know, in a particular, you know, uh, environment or around a particular group of people. So I've got one in front of me right now. I know you guys can't see it, but I'm absolutely in love with um, the, the Willet Straight Rye, which is a, a small batch, 55.2% um, three-year-old uh, release, which is done in um, white oak barrels. Um, uh, it's it's an absolute stellar whiskey. It's, it's quite hard to come across in Australia at the moment. Um, it's part of their rare release for the Willow Distillery. And, and I, I really got into my rise over the last couple of years. And um, even for us, like, great to hear that you love Kalila, good old peated whiskey. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much Daniel and I, that's our whiskey of choice. It's our go-to. We love peated stuff. And I guess a bit for me, uh, myself, like my love for whiskey came from going to Scotland, going to a couple of bars and um, going on one of the, um, what was it, like a uh, top deck. So then the tour guide was, yep. I guess, impressed with my drinking prowess and thought, have you, have you tried any scotch? And I thought, hey, um, yeah, so let me go for it. And it was just his choice. And then going from Balvenie to then Oban, which is probably my favorite whiskey is just open i don't know what it is about it but <laughs> it, it has my heart it's that light coastal smoke yeah it just has my heart 
<laughs> and for me, um, being half Scottish, I think kind of when you leave the hospital, they hand you the baby and they hand you a bottle of scotch. So <laughs> scotch has always been part of part of growing up, um, although drink responsibly, and I didn't drink until I was 18. <laughs> but um, no, it's interesting you were saying that because I think it was last year when I had the Whiskey Loot Advent calendar that it really got me interested in rye whiskey, where I was trying a few different ones that I hadn't tried before through, I guess, the sheer variety that were available. I mean, 24 drams throughout that month was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. But yeah, that, that actually really... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One a day, one a day. Um, yeah, but that really kind of sparked an interest in rye whiskey for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I've 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 loved the stuff. It's uh, there's so much variety when it comes to rye, and you've got you know you've got double rye and all that's coming out of America, and you know even um, uh, I think it's uh, backwoods rye here. Um, is doing some amazing stuff as well, um, which is uh, on our radar from from a product perspective. Um, but you know, the rye has such a, a varied um, kind of uh, categories within the category. Um, so it does, you know, once you jump in, you can you can explore it quite deeply. Yeah, even for myself, like with rye whiskey, I hadn't really delved into it too much, and um, we went to Whiskey Live last week or the week prior can't even remember now but mm. um i had uh the gospel ryan that was oh yeah that was great i literally was, just had this in my glass yeah. that, was, <laughs> that was good stuff and it just almost had me pricked up and it's surprising yeah. that that's not even like i think it was just on the, the three-year mark yeah um mm. so you know super young but super flavorful you know it's nothing that's going to jump out and, and Burn, burn your esophagus as it goes down too much. It's um, it's light, but it's it's got like that complex flavour that, that you look for. That's just a little bit different, a little bit unique. Um, so I think yeah, rye has a lot to offer in in, in something that's just a little bit left of centre. Yeah, exactly. And um, just wondering. So you mentioned you have a background um in advertising. Um, so kind of what was the connection that, or at least what was the point that made you say, I want to combine this with my love of whiskey and turn it <laughs> into a business model? Um, I don't know if there was any particular point in time. I, I've always been interested in starting, um, you know, having ideas and starting, you know, businesses. Some of them succeed, some of them fail. Um, and I, I was quite happy with that process, you know, just iterating and trying and exploring the world out there. And you meet such amazing people in the journey. Um, so I think it was around the time I was working on a, a digital agency and I had a couple of staff um, and uh, we, we actually had a few high-growth e-commerce businesses as clients, uh, one of which was a subscription business. Um, so I was working on that as, as I would with any, you know, client um, as, as an agency provider working on their, you know, their digital strategies. Um, and it was at the same time I was looking for, you know, something that I could explore by myself. And at the time it was just supposed to be, a bit of a side hustle, something that I could do in the evenings, um, just to kind of you know, uh, you know, uh, ensure my craft um, from an agency perspective and working with clients was you know I put money where where or I tell my clients to put money where my mouth is type of thing. So if I I, I know exactly what it feels like to you know spend money in, in those creative ways, 
from a campaign perspective. And you know, if I've done it myself, then that's a great way to, to get it in front of clients. So it kind of started quite organically like that. Um, and uh, it, it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And I closed out my agency and, and then, you know, this was a full-time thing and started bringing on staff and started, you know, get some investment from, from some guys and girls out there that were interested in the concept. So, yeah, it was, it was kind of quite a, an organic thing. Yeah, no, that's great. And even for Whiskey Loot itself, um, the shape it's taken to taken now and where you are at, is that is that what you envisioned when you set out? Uh, no, I would be lying if I said I did. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's far, far exceeded our expectations. And, and I, as I said, it, it started kind of as a little bit of a side hobby hustle thing. Um, and, uh, there, there was a, a, a lot that was, um, good about it. And, 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 you know, based on that, I thought, Hey, if I push this a little bit further, if I tweak this and I tweak that, and I talk to these people and X, Y, Z, then I can you know, scale it up and, and pay myself a salary from it. Um, and, you know, grow and, and hopefully, um, take over the world one day, but uh, no, it was, <laughs> it was very much, um, a, a, a hobby project as I think a lot of these things start around that um and then they grow once once you've got a little bit of attraction and you can kind of you know um, be a little bit more comfortable around what you're doing and, and who you're talking to and how how that vision is kind of developing over time and in line with that developing um is there something that you kind of started off with that you thought was a really good idea but you had to kind of let go of either because it just wasn't working out logistically or it wasn't what the market was telling you was a good thing uh, yeah, logistical pain point early on was um, a few different things actually. But we had these these wonderful white boxes that, that we still have today. But on the top of them, uh, we personalised each one with a handwritten um, uh, name essentially. So it was said, said like to uh, Brad. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was one of these things that was, you know, great when we were designing it up and it looked beautiful and it was all about personalization and it ticked all the boxes. But logistically speaking, it was an absolute nightmare to, to ship boxes with a handwritten name on the top. Uh, that's obviously something that's very small and easy to fix. So we, we phased that out. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of I started the business. I loved whiskey, but I thought, hey, if this works with whiskey, why can't we do it with gin? And 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 obviously, we've done that um, last year with our launch of Gin Loot. So I had an idea around you know something that we could grow into an ecosystem, um, and that has taken time. And there's been you know pain points here and and, and learnings there, but all in all we're we're in, we're in a pretty good place at the moment um and uh hopefully we'll continue on that trajectory moving forward yeah awesome awesome and i know you mentioned at the start where i guess when you were saying you'd come into your journey into whiskey as well um and you met some really great people and i think that's what we found as well just the great community there is around whiskey even in australia it's just great like you just meet some real fantastic people in it and it's something that i know we've taken to heart where almost any distillery we've been to you almost open arms here you go what do you want to try yeah. it's, it's awesome yeah yeah exactly no it's, it's a it's a very um it's a very welcoming industry i think and uh there's 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 great people with you know amazing talents whether that's in um the actual production of the spirit obviously you know hands down to those guys and girls, actually, um, you know, there's some amazing female distillers that, that um, female distillers that we're supporting uh, through some of our whiskey and gin packs, and um, 
then from you know even from a sales perspective you know talking to distributors and and our brand managers out there you know they've got a lot of knowledge and they add a lot to the industry and um you know they're, they're always out there um trying to you know bring in some amazing product and, and stuff that Australia, um, you know, deserves to, to have in the country, but sometimes it's, it's hard to get in here and it's hard to get the allocation. So, you know, hats off to those guys. Yeah. And I know you kind of just alluded to it, but um, when you're saying like Jin Luton and something else, are you planning on moving on to a different kind of liquor? Um, we, we eventually will. Um, but uh, I can't put any dates or names to it in the moment, but yeah, it's, right. it's in the pipeline. Yeah. Ah, nice. Um, and also like while we're on the kind of these tasting packs and the subscription service, like how are they put together? Like what's the kind of decision-making process that goes into selecting which bottles are included in these tasting packs? Yeah, great question. Um, for instance, we've got the Australian one in front of us right now, which is Corowa, uh, um, Whippersnapper and Starwood. And, and obviously we have relationships directly with um, everyone at those distilleries and, and through some of their distributors as well. Um, so with those relationships, obviously we can get samples and we can taste things. And, and there's a theme there. Obviously this one is a location-based theme, but some are taste-based theme. So, you know, if we do a, a, a Japanese box, obviously it's going to be um, Japanese whiskey, but then we're going to be selecting um, the cream of the crop in that particular price point. Um, and with our advent calendars, obviously we can go a little bit higher because there there is more whiskey in there and there's more room to, you know, put some really interesting ones in there because they're actually 30 mils, not 60 mils. So mm-hmm. essentially we're using the, the box, you know, what we can do from a price point perspective um, and our relationships with distilleries. And, and we're moving into the territory where we're actually getting the distilleries to um, essentially provide a, a, a whole barrel that we've selected. So we'll get a sample of say 10 or 20 of, of um, uh, whiskies from, from a range of different barrels and we'll select the one, which is what we did with our Starwood release, um, which just uh, went live this week, um, where we've got a, you know, Australia's first Starwood, um, which is done in a French oak uh, cast. So really excited to, you know, have those collaborations with some amazing um, brands here and all over the world. Yeah, fantastic. And I'm like... I'm very interested in kind of data and trends and just seeing how certain things change behavior. And just, I guess, like out of curiosity, I was wondering, do you often see a correlation between the tasting packs that are sold and then the sale of like the whole bottles that you do sell at your website? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, There's a big um, conversion, you know, between, you know, tasting and and, uh, buying. Um, and the distillery, you know, industry has known about this forever. They kind of label liquor on lips, and I'm sure that'll be resonating with a lot of people that are in the industry um, because it's a term that's so widely used. But, yeah, the, the conversion um, of someone that's never tasted your spirit um, is going to be super low. If they've tasted it once, then it's going to be, you know, 10 or 20 times higher than if they haven't tasted it at all. Um, so we kind of work within that and, and offer members only pricing for our full bottles. And we've had feedback from the distilleries that not only have, you know, we purchase the bottles to obviously sell to our subscribers after they've tasted, but also the, the distilleries have, have got an uplift in sales directly to their seller door or, or directly on their website as well um, or through their other retail channels. So we obviously can't track where those sales go, but, but it does 
um, eventually help that distillery, you know, move, move full bottles. Um, and we've seen that uh, in, in quite a few of the Aussie distilleries that we've got great relationships with. Yeah, fantastic. And so um, I guess in talking about relationships, like I, we know it's kind of a thing that Whiskey Loot has really pushed is this kind of community engagement and sparking conversations with people who enjoy whiskey and who love whiskey. So can you tell us a little bit more about, um, I guess, the way Whiskey Loot helped guide people through their whiskey journey and um, I guess just also stepping beyond just providing tasting notes and what kind of back and forth there is? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, <clears throat> originally when we started this, we started with very simple tasting notes. So it was um, nose taste and finish, and that was practically it. Over time, we added you know, information around the distillery um, and uh, our own tasting wheel. Mm-hmm. And now with the subscription, um, you also receive a, it's about an average of about five-minute tasting videos per whiskey. Um, so we've designed and developed a custom kind of dashboard. Uh, so when you're a subscriber, you, you log on and see what month that you're up to. You can see the videos. Um, so each video will be, you know, a professionally shot um, video taking you through all of the interesting tasting notes that we're picking up on and also information on why we've chosen that whiskey for that box what's special about that distillery and some of the historic kind of context of, of um, uh, how that distillery came to be um, or the specific cast or anything that's kind of a fun fact around that particular bottle. Um, and obviously within the subscription, it's not just a random selection of whiskies. It, it kind of develops over time. Um, so you do have a, um, a, a very, I, I wouldn't, I don't really like the word structured, um, but a, a informative way to kind of level up your whiskey game um, and doing that, you're getting tasting videos, you're getting information on that, re- that region um, or that, um, that story, I guess, of uh, those particular whiskies. So it might be, um, uh, you know, a Japanese, you know, series or it might be an American series or it might be um, something around casks. So we'll include a, a sherry cask, a port cask. Um, and a, you know, American oak cask or something like that. So we can, you know, compare and contrast the flavour profiles between the three. Yeah, excellent. And going back to, um, I guess, what you were saying about, like, what kind of really sparked your um, journey down that, like, ended up in this, in Whiskey Loot, um, have there been any kind of big surprises, like big whiskies you've tried recently that you wouldn't have really tried previously that has really been like, oh, wow, that's, that's something um, new. Be- yeah. I'd say for me, are. it was probably during <laughs> the, um, <laughs> for me, it was probably during the advent calendar where I tried um, the Indian whiskey. Mm. Um, yeah. Paul John. Paul John. Yeah. Edited. Yeah. So that was, that was one that I was like, wouldn't have previously considered this region, but that's something that has really got me interested and since then i've gone out to try a few of their other expressions sticking mainly to the peated because you know yep. big peat heads here <laughs> <laughs> um probably on the peated side is uh Leche Gazine, which i mm-hmm. absolutely loved um but yeah from similar to you actually like when i first came across indian whiskies i i hadn't had them before um and we you know were working with um i think it was ramp four to start with um and i, I might have actually tasted them at a whiskey live uh event and then you know worked with the the distributor there um 
but you know it's it's something that it sparks a, a lot of um you know uh i guess um uh, you can be a little bit unsure about indian whiskey just by the fact that it comes from india and you don't really think of a high quality food or beverage products um coming from that country unfortunately um that's kind of the stereotype i think that you know probably the media is reinforced to a certain degree um but the product is amazing um and when you kind of deep dive a little bit more into it yeah india is actually the biggest whiskey producing market in the world the scots probably wouldn't actually call what they produce whiskey and the the, the stuff that is produced in that vast quantity is not for export um the export market gets the good stuff um so you know rampour and paul john they're doing some amazing stuff um so it, it's super it's super cool to kind of see people's reaction especially when we do some of our live tasting events um and uh get people to to taste uh things that they wouldn't usually taste and, you know really just seeing um the difference between what they thought you know whiskey from india would be compared to you know after they've tasted it what they thought it tasted like um so there's there's a vast kind of a gap that needs to be covered there and and something like whiskey loot i think is is great for those distilleries because um you know that they can put product in front of consumers that might not have ever considered buying indian whiskey and now it's their favorite right yeah that's cool um so in doing i guess some preliminary research for this on you and um work you've done and whiskey loot i did come across an article that you mentioned something that intrigued me. Um, so this was on Balance the Grind, and there was a quote from you saying, we're working on something very, some very unique technology for the distillery industry. Now I was yep. wondering um, whether you can talk about this now and if I can hypothesize as to what this might be based off my knowledge of your background coming from digital marketing and like whether this has anything to do with providing distilleries with direct insight into exactly the kind of people that are buying their bottles? <laughs> um, good hypothesis. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think you're going down the right pathway there. Um, that, that's one focus of the, of the solution that we're building out. Um, it does have uh, two or three other kind of um, uh, areas of focus, but, but you know, that, that, is, that is a big core of it. Um, as I'm sure you're familiar, you know, a lot of the uh, distilleries will sell directly to um, the big retailers. And, and if they don't do that, then they're selling to, to bars and restaurants and hospitality venues. Um, and with that, they don't really get much feedback. Um, so it's really hard to understand exactly who their customer is, how experienced they are as a drinker, what similar drinks they, they consume. Um, and that information, I, I think we're in a pretty good position to uh, be able to unlock some insights there, um, but you can only re- really do that at scale. Um, so that's where we're building towards um, with a few other elements um, on, on top of that, that that are going to be beneficial as well. Yeah, great. And how have you found, um, I guess, the relationships you've built with the distilleries um, with regards to including their product in your subscription services because I imagine like the biggest thing for them would wanting to sell larger quantities of bottles. So like, are you buying um, the whiskey from them in bulk and then dividing it up from there or um, how, yeah. just how have you yeah, found we, that? Yeah. 
Yeah, we, we, we buy um, the, the whiskey directly from uh, distilleries or, or the distribution or, or kind of brand partners here in Australia. Um, and the relationship has been, you know, amazing. I think it's a win-win for them. Um, instead of selling one bottle to one consumer, so they're selling one bottle to, you know, 11 or 12 consumers because um, mm-hmm. it goes, you know, through through the, the tasting packs. Um, so they have a, a good kind of upside when it comes to, that and and they understand obviously that you know getting it out to more consumers is better um, for their marketing for their brand awareness. Um, so yeah, they've all, all been very supportive of what we do, um, and we've got yes, yeah, as I mentioned, we've got some great relationships that that are ongoing um, and uh, bringing I think benefit for for both of us. Uh, we still are obviously benefiting from providing some really great. Um, spirits for consumers, for, for subscribers at, at great prices and our members only pricing um, has actually proven to be um, better than you know, Dan Murphy's. Um, so as members, they you know, get a really good access to, to our inventory at, at prices that um, typically aren't accessible anywhere else. Um, but from a distillery perspective, obviously, you know, getting the product out there to, to consumers that um, are you know, within the, um, uh, the exact uh, audience that they want to be targeting. I want to be targeting, you know, people that are interested in whiskey. So um, I can't imagine a, a better better type of relationship. Yeah, and even going yeah. on to your typical consumers and the people that enjoy whiskey loot, how often do you find that you get people that come in and they have no prior knowledge to whiskey and they're pretty much starting from the bottom level? Like- uh, more often than not. Um, so there's, there's a big groundswell of, of people that – um, I wouldn't say they have no knowledge of whiskey. Um, I'd say they probably would have stuck to maybe one or two, yeah. potentially three different bottles um, in their in their experience, and and um, potentially they um, just want to explore without that kind of um, daunting feeling of not knowing where to go next. Um, so it, it is a solution, obviously, that, that provides um, that level of certainty that you know you, you're going to get. At least, you know, there's three bottles in there. I'm not expecting you to love all three. Otherwise, it's not going to be something that, you know, uh, provides that type of variety where you can actually figure out the specificity of what you what you like. So if you like two out of three, um, I think I think it's a great, you know, value opportunity for you to, you know, try what it is that the World Whiskey has to offer um, without spending $150 on a bottle you might not ever drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's almost like one of those things where... I- I wish I'd found whiskey loot that early on in my whiskey journey where we, I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've been victim to that where, you know, you're going to bars and you're trying different things and you're almost starting off like, I don't even know what this is, but I'm going to try it because I want to try something different. And then you often end up on the yeah. bad end of the scale there and you think, absolutely, oh, damn, probably shouldn't have bought and that. The, the, thing, the thing with me when I was kind of, um, you know, before whiskey loot and I was going to bars with friends, um, you go out to have a good night and yeah. you, know, you, you might be the, the only one or maybe you and someone else within that group drinking whiskey. Um, so you probably both end up getting the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if, it is, if it is a good whiskey, um, then it's probably going to cost you $40 for 30 mils. Yeah. Um, mm. So it's going to be something that will set you back quite a lot more than the guy next to you who's just bought a beer. 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> by the end of the night, if you've had a good night and you know you're out with mates, you, you probably haven't been paying that much attention to what it actually tastes like and whether you like it, whether you're going to buy it again, yeah. what it was actually called, if it's available at your local shop. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's quite a it's a fun experience. Obviously, I think that's what um, bars obviously aimed at creating that environment that's um, you know, very welcoming and you, know, you can have a group of friends there. And um, we all know, you know, having a great night is, you know, money can't buy that, but um, it is not probably the best place to experience and, and learn and actually, you know, have that education that sets you up to you know, have a conversation about whiskey and, and, you know, be inclusive uh, for your other friends and that, that might want to learn, learn more about it. Yeah, and that's one of the things, especially if you're going to a bar, it is kind of relying on your own decision making to choose what you want to try. There's not too many bars yeah. that are going to, or bartenders that specific bars that are going to go out of their way to lead you step by step through where yeah. you should go to find that. And so I think that was one of the really great things that yeah, Whiskey Loot does offer. It's like, well, we've selected these, and as you were just saying, like there there is a variety in there, so you can see kind of where your tastes and your preferences lean, and then you can make more informed decisions from that. Exactly, 100%. So I guess, like, one of the other questions we have, and, like, we've got a lot of international listeners. Um, is there any plans to take Whiskey Loot International? Uh, there are plans. Um, we're, we're trying to figure out the exact uh, time frame that makes sense for those plans. Um, there's, there's a lot of work still to be done in Australia, and, and I think there's a lot of um, people out there that haven't heard about us, and, you know, we, we need to, to obviously um, provide a solution that is, um, I think, quite well known in Australia, um, which we're, we're getting that... Um, we're, we're getting to that point in the whiskey community. There's a lot of people kind of slightly adjacent to that, but are still interested in the whiskey that have probably never followed a, a whiskey uh, uh, group on Facebook or, or whatever it might be where, where a lot of people have come across us. Um, so there's a lot of work to do in Australia. Um, we're, we're focusing on Australia uh, pretty hard at the moment, but we've also got some, some people on the ground in, um, in Asia that are doing some research on, on the market there to see when, when it might be the right time. Um, and then we're also looking at the states, but that's uh, that's a bit of a difficult one with their liquor license laws. So we'll probably leave that to, to later on in the, in the journey. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Well, for our international listeners anyway, we can enjoy it. So we're not yeah. complaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, I guess going back to I guess the way whiskey loot guides their people through their whiskey journey, um, like what. What can you tell us about the different interactions you have with your subscribers? I know, I mean, we've, I guess, been benefact- benefactors of that, um, getting to start a relationship with you and um, really get, get to see where that will take us in the future. But um, even you reaching out to us, that was really, I guess, surprising for Daniel and myself. We were pretty ecstatic when you guys reached out to us. <laughs> Great. Um, good to hear. Um, I I think I mean the, the relationship with, with subscribers. We don't try and um, uh, I guess um, overwhelm people with too much communication. Um, I think it's something that you know we have the videos on the website. Obviously, you know people don't want to watch them and they just want to consume 
um, in their own um, in their own time and, and you know read the tasting notes or, or not read them. I think I think what we've kind of tried to make is something that is is self directed um, and you can do at your own pace. If you want to do you know three thirty mil uh, bottles in in a in a go. You can do that if you want to leave, you know, one a week, you can do that. Um, the, the communication is really around kind of supporting um, what's in the box and, and where to find the content. Um, and obviously, you know, giving people an opportunity to to review and, you know, make sure that, that they're participating in the community that obviously helps everyone else as well. Um, so, yeah, at the end of the day, it, it's something that's it's designed to be you know super easy and you know something that you can uh, jump into and, and if you if you feel like you need to pause for a couple of months to do a dry July you can pause it you can skip a box um, and you can come back whenever it suits you. Fantastic! And on that, I think we should get into the the tasting box we've got here in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So. Um, I know we have reviewed um, two of these in the previous um, episode where we did try out um, your Outback Exploration tasting box. Um, yep. So that was the Crow Characters and Upshot from Whippersnapper. Um, and Joe, what we like to do is um, we call it a dram in words. So it's basically we kind of summarize our tasting experience into some kind of verbal description of where the whiskey has taken us whether that just be one a, word one word are you saying is that it no, a dream in words so it's usually <laughs> words, a sentence words. or two no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow that's gonna be tough <laughs> um so what are we going for we're we going for the characters first yeah let's go for characters. Let's do the characters characters all right i'm gonna pour myself a little nip of this to refresh my memory <laughs> So I guess like to, to refresh our listeners on our tasting notes, what I was picking up from this was it was very rich on the nose. I was getting like a lot of honey and vanilla. It was like floral, but lightly spiced. Yeah, I definitely get, for me, it's a very sweet dram on the nose. It's something that was really intriguing to me because I'd never tried um, characters prior to the Outback Exploration Packs. So I know Daniel had with the um, Advent Calendar and he had a really glowing view on it after that. And it was one that I was always interested to try. So I was, I'm really I'd happy say, to say mm, roasted pineapple with dark chocolate. Ooh. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I think especially on the palate, like that kind of pineapple and mango, like the tropical fruit notes were coming across. Um, and then I found kind of towards the end, which I initially pinned out as um, like coffee beans, but I think it is more towards like kind of the cacao beans as well. So like kind of really almost borderline bitterness of like coffee and dark chocolate yeah. that I was picking up too. Yeah, you've but- definitely got that that coffee um, profile, which is, is I mean, there's a sweetness that that's forward, um, mm. and then that really nice kind of—I um, wouldn't even call it drying, but something quite um, like a soft, like a yeah, that, that cacao coffee bean, um, even like a buttery coffee uh, mm. flavor profile because it's got that sweetness and that it's very mouth coating. Um, yeah. Mouth feel to it. 
Yeah, so for this one, I had as my dreaming words, like this took me straight to like a summer's day on an Aussie beach with like a pineapple and mango smoothie in hand. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for me. I... With, an, with an umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, I don't even remember what my dreaming words when I had it for the first time was, but definitely right now it's taking me to, I guess, my childhood where um a treat that i used to have with some salt on pineapple that's just that's pretty much where it's taking me a salted pineapple out in the sun some good stuff i haven't heard of a salted pineapple treat i need to try that one (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's um it's quite good hey guys i don't know what happened there yeah Ah, not too sure. A little bit of technical difficulties. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, you're going to have to remind us where we were up to. Right. I think we were just ending with that salted pineapple treat out in the sun. As my dream uh, was. Yes. The characters. <laughs> yeah. All right. Should we give um, the upshot a try? Get into it. <laughs> yes, get into it. All right. Awesome. Fantastic. Have you guys, did you guys come across Upshot beforehand, like um, in your in your own travels? No, this is a new one for me. Yeah, same. So they're for me based as well. in um, in Perth, actually. Oh yeah. How long? Do you know how long a, they've been around for? Um, I'd say probably about five, four or five years. I'd say at this stage. Yeah, um, maybe even more. They're, they're well established there. And their style is um, this one's a little bit more of the the American um, bourbon style, um, so similar to you know a little bit of a maker's mark or something like that. Um, but all all Australian uh, ingredients, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, the initial thing for me, definitely on the nose, was just such a strong scent of pear. Like that was the immediate thing that just jumps out to me, and even just a little bit of maltiness as well. It's, it's really pleasant. It's quite a bright flavor profile on the nose. Like it's, um, it's quite pronounced. And there's a little yeah. bit of spiciness, that, that kind of white pepper that we're getting there as well. Yeah, I think in line with the maltiness, what I was really coming across was more like a cake batter. Yeah. Yeah, this was um, really interesting for me as well. It's just um, when we look at Australian whiskey, um, Daniel and I predominantly always went out and were drinking scotch and then coming back to Australian whiskey and I guess working our way that way. It's been so, I guess, fascinating to us to see how wide the range is in the profile of notes and flavor you get in Australian whiskey. It's spectacular. Yeah, I mean... The, I, th- I think that what the unique thing there is is kind of the, the experimentation and, and the, the relaxed uh, regulations really that, that allow for that a little bit more than probably Scotland or America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think the um, kind of really dominant note that comes across is custard. Yeah, absolutely. Like- that is just like, yeah, just such a strong note that it's kind of all I really get upon the initial um, 
sip of it. Yeah, for me, it's um, I do get like a bit of that woody characteristic probably from the cask. I get that quite a bit. But even though what I what fascinates me as well is how light the dram is as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean it. It, uh, it it's kind of it's still got like that fruit forward um, kind of. Oh, I wouldn't say overripe. It's probably more underripe fruit. Um, but it's that that kind of wood um, flavor profile that, that you just mentioned as well. I guess like balances that out, makes it a little more creamy than than it would obviously be without without that nice um, kind of oakiness. I love I love that what you're left with as well is just a real nice sweet aftertaste in your mouth almost on the finish. It's really good. You like it almost mm. complements the lightness of the dram. And I guess looking at the way the tasting packs are formed, it's really um I guess to say go back to you mentioning variety that you include in it and seeing that we've led with a really full mouth feeling dram, then to come into something a little lighter, you're almost already giving um the customer there like already a big disparity it's all right do you prefer a more mouth-filling dram or do you prefer something a little bit lighter yeah i mean that's that's really the point at the end of the day and i think that you know you have, you have people that might look at the whippersnapper and say um you know this is australian whiskey but essentially it's using more of a american bourbon recipe um than a typical australian uh well i don't know what a typical australian whiskey would be uh, unless you're just talking about single malt um because there's a lot of variety here um so it's kind of i mean you can put something in front of people that just want an australian whiskey and they're like oh i would never touch bourbon that's that's that stuff is left for the yanks um (laughs) but this is in that um it's kind of made made within that image uh, but it's got a completely different profile than what you'd find out of America. It's it's a lot more nuanced. That the flavors are not massively sweet or overly ripe. Um, it's it's kind of it's yeah. It's just different. It's just it's like a, a fresh take on it. Yeah, because I know that was a big thing for us. Like it wasn't so much that we had closed our minds to bourbon. It was just something we hadn't thought would give us as much enjoyment as Scotch whiskey did. Um, and then I think it was Elijah Craig that was what really <laughs> yeah. started off our kind of um, notion that, you know, bourbon is actually like really, really interesting and a really good thing to explore, especially for people who do like whiskey. And I think, like, especially with this one, like, because it is coming from that similar kind of um, recipe or the process in making it, but yet it is still so different again from bourbon, um, whether it's like a unique Australian characteristic to it, but it's just interesting to see how much variety you can get just from different locations. Hmm. I'm getting also, now that I've finished that whiskey and I'm just smelling the glass a little bit, I'm getting a little bit of... um something a little bit like uh, sour to the point that it might have been pickled. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I do see that. I actually do see that. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. This is one of our favourite things. Yeah, it's, um, it's really interesting because like, I don't... Which, which we know. haven't got on the tasting notes there, but it's, it's definitely coming through a little bit more than 
it did when the whiskey was in the glass, like the empty glass has a different nose than the whiskey was in the glass, yeah. which is very surprising. Yeah, it's something that I don't often do where I go back and smell the empty glass. That's really, yeah, probably going to throw that into my little repertoire now. <laughs> go back and smell the empty glass. It is a thing I usually do, like if I've had a dram and then I like the next morning when I get up, um, it is all for science and not because I'm too lazy to wash it the night before, <laughs> but I do, do do have a smell of it. And then like there is like kind of other notes that start to come out either just because of all the liquid has been evaporated and whatever's left like surface contact in the glass is giving some kind of new scent that you aren't really getting through what else is present in there. But um, yeah, I think... Yeah, smelling an empty glass is an interesting way to pick up some new notes. Well, so, you've always, I'm sure everyone's always talked about kind of the rubbing of the yeah. hands together and that type of thing. Um, obviously, you wouldn't do that with a bottle of Patrick 23, but yeah. it's <laughs> something that you can get away with on a slightly cheaper bottle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now we'll jump into the dram in words for this one. So for me, I had this as a very wholesome dram. It was... Um, just something that seemed so warm and welcoming, like a farmhouse or like custard on cake dessert. So it was just super pleasant, super welcoming, just super wholesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, for me, it's pretty weird. I'm almost getting, I guess where it's taking me, it's like wet wood out in a fruit orchard. That's almost what I'm getting. It's just wet wood. Wet yeah. wood. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, I'm getting more of a, um, custard fruit salad with a like a, a sour um, I don't know like a like a sour like a sour pickle or something on top. <laughs> that sounds disgusting, but uh, in my mind, you dessert, you had it right here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Hey, if it works, it works. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, moving on All to right, the Star Wars jumps. Straight into the twofold. So we've got the twofold here that I'm sure everyone is, is quite familiar with, with our friends at Starwood. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is a red wine cask, as we'd expect from them. Yeah, immediate banana bread on the nose. It's oh yeah, super welcoming, mm-hmm. super inviting. Um, bit of maple syrup there. Getting a little bit of orange too. Oh, yeah, quite a bit of orange coming through. Kind of that Jaffa. Yeah. And lots of banana, like banana chips, biscuits. Ah. Those dried bananas are so good. Dried bananas dipped in dark chocolate. So for me on the palate, what's really, I guess, something I do enjoy is when there is a connection between the nose and the palate. Mm. Because oftentimes you find you'll get like an almost immediate disconnect where it's none of that was present on the nose and then you go into the palate and you're thinking, what am am I tasting here? But to see that there's a connection connection between that nose and palate in the actual dram itself, that's always, I love seeing that. Yeah, it's just like a seamless transition. Yeah, there's something still quite cakey and biscuity about it. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, the flavour profile here is is great and I think they've done a great job. I mean, 
twofold is, is a very accessible price point um, for Australian whiskey. Um, so putting something of this quality into a bottle that, you know, you, you don't need to, you know, cut off an arm to be able to afford is, <laughs> is great. And I think that's what is exciting about the Australian whiskey industry is that, you know, obviously it started with Tasmania. It started with, um, uh, with Sullivan's Cove and, you know, and Lark and all those guys out there that have won the awards and created a, a name for us in, in Australia. But, you know, to, to be honest, those those prices were really reserved for um, people that could afford to drop, you know, two dollars $300 on a bottle. And, mm-hmm. and now that we're seeing whiskies in Australia coming um, between the 80 to $125 or $130 a bottle um, that are of this quality, it's it's so good to see because it it just opens up that market. It makes it so much more accessible, you know, and obviously we're we're seeing a lot more distilleries come onto the market um, that are being backed by um, by some you know investors and have the resources to be able to produce great quality stock that's going to be around for you know for for the next generations to be able to enjoy. Yeah, and I know for me personally, this was the very first Aussie whiskey I did try. And I think it was primarily because it did come in at that price point. It was something that was out of the shops. So and I was like, I should, should, should try Aussie whiskey, like being an Aussie. Um, <laughs> and it was just one that I thought, like, there's, there's not a lot of risk there. And when I tried it, I was like, oh, that was a very good decision. Yeah, and it's just great to see as well. And it probably does come into, I guess, seeing that innovation, but then it probably comes in tow of the fact that our regulations are a bit looser. So seeing Aussie distillers go out and try all these different things, especially Starwood, Daniel and I were lucky enough to get the one of the ginger beer casks. So yeah, that, yeah. that's spectacular stuff as well. So <laughs> it's just great to see as well, them putting something out at this price point. And like you said, it opens the door, not only for people like Daniel and myself who may not have, I guess, gone out and necessarily bought an Aussie whiskey, but even for non-whiskey drinkers who are looking to take their first foray into it. And they probably want to, they might want to start with Australian whiskey because it's quite affordable, especially something of this quality. Yeah. And there are still people out there that say, Oh, Australia makes whiskey. Well, I'm not going to drink that. Yeah. Um, but, but those, those times I think are, are quite um, limited. There, there's not going to be that much, um, you know, w- within what we hear out there that the people are thinking, you know, Australian whiskey has a lot to offer. And yeah. it, it's it's so good to see that the amount of distillery licences that are being granted in Australia are surpassing Scotland. Um, so there's going to be, you know, we, we have a huge opportunity here right now um, to be able to create some, some amazing quality product for everyone that lives in the country, but also for export. And, you know, hopefully at the end of the day, we're not just relying on uh, pulling up dirt from, from the earth and selling that to whoever is the highest bidder. And we can actually create some amazing juice and, and send that off to our um, brothers and sisters around the world. Yeah, I think I'm just just on finishing this one. I'm like a lot of the finish I'm left with on this is a combination between like a churro, uh, black tea, and banana bread. Still, yeah, that banana bread goes all the way through. I think that the tannins are quite light on it. The pepper's quite light on it. I think you do get a little bit of that kind of cinnamon sugar coming through as well. Um, so I, I, to, to me, it's uh, banana bread covered in maple syrup, dusted with cinnamon sugar. Oh. 
That's okay. Probably took. I, I, I order that. <laughs> they took my German words. <laughs> took my German words right out of me. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I think. I think mine's got to be like an Aussie cafe, like where you you constantly got people ordering banana bread. There's there's a table with churros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, it's still banana bread. Banana bread. Banana bread. Fresh out the oven. It's pretty much filled your whole house. You got it the whole way through. <laughs> Yeah, they just can't leave me at all that banana bread note. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. And good stuff. probably the best way to end that um, that pack there. Mm-hmm. So just one last question on the packs as well. Like the order you lay them out, like drain one, two, and three, is that the order yep. you recommend people try them in? I, I know it's like completely yes, subjective. Yeah. People could do what they want, but is of there course, some kind yeah. of logic to it? Yeah, there is. Um, so it, 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 it'll come down to essentially um, how we think the flavour profile is going to evolve in the mouth. Um, obviously, we don't want to put something that um, will be too heavy at the beginning. You know, so we're going to leave the ones that are higher ABV or potentially smokier um, for later so that your, your palate has time to adjust. Obviously, we're not expecting people to taste this one after the other, but we need to kind of take that into consideration. And it does tell a little bit of a story. So if we're working on those flavor profiles, we want something that will work within, I guess, that story that we're trying to tell as well. Um, so there's, there's a bit of thought that goes into that. Um, obviously, at the end of the day, you know, people can taste it whichever format or, or way um, that, they, that they feel kind of, you know, that they want to do at the end of the day. It's up to them. Um, but that's just our recommendation. Fantastic. And now we are conscious that your time is tight and you're probably at the end of your working day and are keen to head on home. So um, we will just... I've already had my drink. I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect way to knock off a Thursday. (laughs) It's probably the only way to knock off a Thursday. (laughs) But yeah, I wanted to thank you so much, Joel, for taking the time to join us on the podcast. It was great to have you on. Appreciate it learn a little bit more about yourself and whiskey lude well thank you uh guys it's it's been it's been fun um at the end of the day you, you can't complain about drinking whiskey and having a having a yarn so it's, it's good times <laughs> yeah no of that, course. You, you've summed up why we started this podcast <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so for anyone who is currently in Australia and wants to check out Whiskey Loot, um, you can head over to their website. If you're following us on Instagram, there's a link in our bio that'll take you straight there. Um, They've got some fantastic tasting packs. And, you know, if you subscribe, then you've gotten access to members-only bottles, um, member-only bottle prices, which, you know, as you are mentioning earlier, come at a much cheaper cost than you can get them at your local bottle shop. (laughs) Yeah, so, exactly. Um, we, we can't wait to have have you guys on there, and um, hopefully you can learn something and uh, and uh, share it with your friends. And you know, at the end of the day, it's just about enjoying enjoying whiskey, right? Yeah, of course. Too true. <laughs> Alrighty, Joel. Thanks so much for being on. And thanks, thanks, Brad. Thanks, Daniel. Awesome. All right, that's all we have time for today, ladies and gentlemen. A big thank you again to Joel for joining us today. Yeah, it was really great to have you on. And as always, you can reach out to us at dreamtalk.au at gmail.com. If you have any questions about whiskey loot or whether or not you should give it a go, we're happy to help you out. And, you know, if you like the pod, give us a rating. Yeah, preferably five stars. 
you know, it really helps us out. And if you want to head over to our Instagram, you can see what we've been up to in the world of whiskey. And we've also got, as we mentioned earlier, a link in our bio that'll take you straight to Whiskey Loot's website where you can um, sign up for a membership or um, even just purchasing a one-off bottle if you already know what you love. All right. Now our glasses may be empty. We hope yours aren't. So pour another dram. dram!